Well, thank you for the applause before I got up here to talk. Appreciate that. Hey, good morning, Connect. I'm glad to be able to have the chance to speak with you again. Uh, thanks for the welcome, Chris. And just in case, if you don't know me yet, I'd love to get to know you later and connect with you. But like Chris said, my wife, Katie, and our two boys, Ryan and Will, are here until June of next year to learn exactly what it means to start a brand new church. Man, it's pretty cool to be up here and to see all of you and what this church does on a weekly basis. Um, real quick, by just a, a round of applause, who has been blessed? I know I, you pretty much have to do this now, but who's been blessed by the ministry of Connect Church? Would you just clap your hands? Thank you. I know. I got, I got that one. That was an easy one. But, um, you know, I'm just... Uh, I'm so blessed to get to know your pastor, Dave Jane, and his wife, and all of you here that make this happen on a weekly basis. It's amazing to see that in a year and a half, what's going on here today, it's awesome. Thank you. Well, you know, um, last time, I kind of started things out by telling you a little bit about myself and our family. I felt like it was kind of like a first date, and although it's kind of a little awkward, I wanted to put my best foot forward and tell you a little bit about myself and Hopefully you got to know something, but just in case you weren't here last time, I'm going to start it off just a little bit similarly, and um, the way that I'm going to do that is to tell you about one of my favorite games as a little kid. Um, maybe you were here last week and you heard about some of the games up here. Maybe you love to play Etch-A-Sketch or with G.I. Joes or Barbie. It's not up here this week, but one of the things that I always wanted but Santa never brought was the Easy Bake Oven. Every time I saw that commercial, I was like, I want that so bad. It makes like the best cake ever. But uh, Santa never came with it. It's all right. I'll get over it eventually. Um, but in addition to those games that we talked about, uh, we, didn't get any, we didn't show any love for my favorite types of games, and that's word games. I love word games. As a little kid in school, the game that my friends and I played all the time when we were done with our homework or we were just like waiting for recess was the game Hangman. Anybody ever played Hangman? I know times were really violent in the 90s, and we really said, hey, let's play games like Hangman. Um, but I love that game because you try to pick the word that... Uh, the person had, and you'd have different guesses, and if you didn't get it right, your person went to the gallows. And I love to play hangman. I also like to play uh, boggle, or um, just, just different word games like that, but my absolute favorite word game of all time is Scrabble. Any Scrabble fans in the house today? Thank you, a couple of fellow nerds. I really appreciate that. I love the game Scrabble, but the truth is I'm terrible at it. I am awful. And it seems like every time I get the box out and I put the words together and I'm about to lay down my favorite word, I choke under pressure. I'm so terrible at Scrabble. And here's three quick reasons why your 10-year-old would whoop my butt in Scrabble. Are you ready? Number one, I never have a game plan. I don't know what it is. Like, I'll think about, we'll open the box and we'll play. And I never have a game plan. Even if I go first, it's like, I kind of just react to whatever you do. And I have trouble kind of putting all those words together. It's like, how do you come up with a word with all these different letters? So I'll just throw out the. It's a really good one, you know? <laughs> Couple points, and then you just destroy me. So I never have a game plan. And what ends up happening is I'll react to whatever you do, and you'll have this really good plan in mind. And so I'll set you up for all those triple point bonuses. You're welcome. <laughs> Number two, I tend to miss my moments. 
on the rare chance that I have like the best letters ever and I've got this perfect word, you know what I do? I say, oh, it'll be there next time. I'll just do another word and I'll kind of do a different strategy. And it always bites me in the butt because before I know it, then you play on that Z every time, Z. It's like 150 points. I should have played my word, but I miss my moments. And number three, I try to use a few big words when smaller words over time will win. I wanna go for the big word. I wanna make you think that I'm so smart that I come up with these awesome big words when in reality, if I could just be consistent over time with small words, I have a feeling I'd beat you. But the reality is I lose most of the time when I play Scrabble. And I think that you would agree that outside of Scrabble, words don't have to be big in order to be powerful. Would you agree with that? They don't have to be big to be powerful. And you don't have to wait for just the perfect moment for your words to impact another person. But for your words to make a difference in a child's life, you need a game plan. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. A game plan for us, whether or not we're parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, uh, a supportive adult in a person's life, maybe your college age, you can have an impact on a child's life. And last week, we started this brand new series called Losing Your Marbles. And if you didn't get a marble already, they're in the back. I'd love for you to take that marble. I've had this marble in my pocket all week long. And a couple times, it kind of like hurt me. Did anybody experience that? I was like on the ground rolling around with my kid. And I'm like, oh, that marble hurts. But it reminded me of what Dave talked about. He talked about spending time with children And you know, from the time that a child is born until they turn 18, there are 936 weeks. We've been talking about this theme of losing your marbles. And last week we talked about love is spelled T-I-M-E. That's the way a child spells love, through time. And Dave encouraged us to use our marbles to spend quality time with children. And he took it so seriously We were talking about it later, like on Monday or Tuesday this week. He took it so seriously, he said, I just feel some urgency, Josh, that I feel like I should live what I preach, and I'm going to be gone this weekend. It's the only time for the entire summer that I'm going to get to go see my oldest son play soccer. And aren't you glad that he had the opportunity to do that? Because we're losing our marbles, and we'll never get them back. So it's pretty cool that your preacher lives out what he talks about on Sunday. And I'm really happy because he'll never get those marbles back. And maybe when you're hearing a series like this, Losing Your Marbles, there's a couple different ways that it can hit you where you're at. Maybe you're like my wife and I who have two kids. Our sons are 148 and 27 marbles each. Do the math, okay? They're they're six months old and almost three. And there are times when when I heard what Dave was talking about last week, I thought to myself, you know what? I would much rather take this jar of marbles and get a big handful and throw them out because last, like a couple weeks ago, I I kid you not, I can't lie, we're in church. In 24 hours, I got peed on, pooped on, and puked on. That seriously happened. I thought to myself, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about, throwing those marbles out. And maybe sometimes you as a young parent You're thinking to yourself, Josh, I'm losing my marbles. I'm up late at night. I'm up early in the morning. 
it's so hard. And those marbles, as much as I love my child, I wish that they were just a little bit older so they could wipe their own butt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I get it. I'm with you right now. Or maybe you have teens. Maybe you have teens and you're not sure how many marbles you have left. And you're starting to panic. I was talking to a young family recently this week, and they were talking about this message series, and they said, I gotta be honest, Dave really made me mad. I said, why? <laughs> he said, because I feel like we've wasted our marbles, and we've only got a couple years left. I wish that I would have used my time more wisely. Or maybe you don't have children of your own, and you're listening to a series like this, and you're like, what does this have to do with me? I'm not losing any marbles anytime, or I've already lost all of my marbles. I'm a grandparent now. And I hope, though, that through this series, you will see that you can have an impact on the life of a child. And I need to tell you why this is so important to our church, why this is so important to Connect Church. Maybe you've seen as you enter the auditorium, we've got this really big section called Connect Kids, and we do it over here as well. And we invest in the life of children because we believe when you invest in children today, you influence the future. When we invest in children today, we can change the future of these children. And I believe that, the, that all of us here, doesn't matter if we're young, old, somewhere in between, we can have an impact on the life of a child with our words whether they're on your team, whether they're in your classroom, whether they're a neighborhood kid, whatever it is, you can change a child's life with your words. And maybe when you heard me say that, you said, yeah, you're right, Josh, I can. Not only in a good way, but also a bad way. Because words are like toothpaste, aren't they? Words, like when you squeeze it out just correctly and you put it on your teeth and you brush it around, it's a beautiful thing. It keeps your mouth clean. It keeps you healthy. But sometimes we use our words incorrectly and we're like, Whoosh. we squirt them out and it just gets messy everywhere. And here's the truth. You know this, that once toothpaste comes out, you can't put it back in. It's a one-way thing. And so when we use our words, we have to be careful and we have to be intentional and we have to have a game plan. Specifically, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, a game plan for us, because the truth is many adults and parents, they use their words like I play Scrabble, and they lose, and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I think about a lot of times adults have zero game plan with children of how they're going to say something. They just react to whatever happens. And what happens when we, re we react? We say stuff we shouldn't. And we get irritated and we get so mad. And we regret the things that we say. And those kids, maybe you right now, you're thinking back in a time that an adult in your life, they just spewed off and reacted to something that you did or said or happened in your life and you are scarred with those words. If we had a game plan, it could be different. You know, I think about some other people that they have, they have a chance to really make an impact with their words, but they think, oh, they'll be, there's more time. I'll avoid the conversation. Someday we'll have that talk. It's not a one-time thing, though. 
as you see these marbles right here, as you're losing these marbles in your jar, you have a chance to put them right back into the life of a child. And small words over time make a big difference. Let me illustrate this for you really quickly. I thought this was so interesting. This is what I see a lot of adults doing with children. They try to put a bowling ball into this jar. They try to have this really big conversation with their child. And I know you know what I mean when I say they try to have the talk, whatever that is. It doesn't, it's not just intimacy, it's lots of things. And they try to have this one big talk and when they try to put it in, it just doesn't fit. And they wonder, why didn't that work? Why didn't it work? Why didn't they receive what I had to say? I had something so important to say to them. Well, it's because you didn't do it over time. Because words over time can impact the direction of a child's life. That's our bottom line this morning. Words over time can impact the direction of a child's life. It's not the big words. It's not that one perfect conversation that's gonna change everything. It's several small conversations. And there's a, there's a perfect Bible verse, and we're just gonna look at one verse this morning because if we really take this verse to heart, I promise you, I promise you, it could directly change a child in your, your life forever. It could change their lives if we would just get it right. These words come from a guy named Paul, and he used words and actions in a really bad way for a long time. He actually killed Christians with his words and actions. He would go around and he would just tell people how much they were idiots and you're, you're a stupid Christian. And then one day, he had a conversation with Jesus and his words to Paul changed his life forever. We're gonna read this verse together. It's gonna be on the screen. Paul says this about our words. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let's think about that for a second. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You know, whenever I hear this verse, I grew up in church, maybe like some of you, and people always used to use this verse to tell others that they shouldn't cuss. Have you ever noticed this? Don't use any unwholesome language. And this reminds me of some of my friends on Facebook who recently put up this post. Check this post out. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Can anybody relate to that? Hey, if that's you, we're not talking about your cussing this morning. You're off the hook, unless you're doing it to your children, okay? All right? We'll talk about that later, and I don't wanna, I'm not trying to embarrass you with that. We're not going that direction. We're talking about words, as the verse goes on, that are helpful for building others up according to their needs, according to their needs. That's where we're going for the remainder of our time. I think there are three types of words that every child needs to hear from the adult in their life. Are you ready to hear these? You can take notes on your phone or, or just memorize them. They're really easy. Sometimes the kids we love, if you're taking notes, they need encouraging words. It's a rough world for kids today. The, the past church that I was at, I did a lot of youth ministry, and I kid you not, I'm not trying to get like way too serious too quick, but I had 
a two-week period where I had to go to school and encourage some kids with words because three of their friends committed suicide over what other kids were saying about them on social media and in person. And I get it. You might be saying there's a lot more going on in the situation, and there probably was. But the thing that sent them over the edge were there are these words that dug into their souls and they didn't see a way out to change things. Kids need to hear encouraging words from adults. The world will beat them up enough. Would you agree? The world will beat them up enough. They need encouraging words from adults. You know the disappointments and heartbreaks that kids have today they might be small, like things like the lunchroom politics or a middle school romance or sitting on the bench for some sports thing. But they can also be big situations like divorce, death, moving to a new city, a betrayal of trust. I want you to think really quickly, what encouraging words do the kids you love need to hear this week? Here's a couple things, just a couple stories this week, as I was preparing for this message, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and he was playing by himself trying to figure out his Legos, and he's on this real kick lately where he says, I can't do it, Daddy. And I want to say, buddy, I don't know if you can. I don't say that part, but I say, you can try. You can do it. And he'll get so frustrated, and he's like, he's only two and a half, and no one's ever told him he can't, other than when he shouldn't do something that's maybe dangerous, but he's got this insecurity within himself that all of us have too, that we say, I can't do it. And we need to say, yes, you can. And it's not just with your words, but you can help them as well. What's the situation in your life like that? Or maybe, I was talking to another parent who's got teenage daughters, and he wanted me to say, if he, if, I had, if he had one opportunity to say something to you, he said, our children need to hear with our words that they're good enough, that they're beautiful, that they're special. Because as you know, on TV, in the news, or whatever it is, they're saying you're not good enough. You need to change, you need to be different, but we need to use our words and say, you are enough. Other times, the kids we love need empowering words, and I call these words, these types of conversations, I see in you. I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been going to people that I know, whether they are adults or kids, and I'll say, this is what I see in you. Back to my son for a second. He loves music, and he'll get here on a Sunday morning, and he'll listen to the band warm up, and he'll, he'll just be drawn in a zone watching people play music. And I'll say, buddy, one day you could play music like that too. And he'll just, he just beams up and smiles, and he says, really, Daddy? And to think, a simple conversation like that can empower a kid. It doesn't have to be music. It could be in school. It could be with their friends. It could be with whatever it is. I see this in you because something I've noticed over time is that what's celebrated gets repeated. And when we celebrate and when we talk about these empowering words and we use phrases like, I see this in you, and we paint that picture for them about their future it can become a reality. 
The worst part is that many of us don't use any of those words, and so the kid is left to think to themselves, what am I gonna be when I grow up? What's my direction in life? How am I gonna do this? I don't know, I don't know, I can't do it. I'm telling you, there are several children who've grown up to adults and they're still looking to people in their life, authority figures, to say those empowering words. They never got the confidence they needed. We can do that for someone. Another thing, you know, we need encouraging words and empowering words. Those are the, those are the great things, but we also, kids need exhorting words, and I know that's kind of a funny word, but this is what it means. To exhort is to strongly urge, to try to influence someone through words, to give warnings for advice. And I think to myself, what if an adult would have said something to that child a little sooner and warned them about the direction that they were going? I have to believe that things might have been different. And here's one of the best ways you can do this, because you know this parents, authority figures, when you just say to someone, don't do this, kids don't listen, do they? Just don't do it, they don't, they don't listen. Here's one way, just, just some advice to try. Look at your own life, and maybe if you've struggled with whatever they're heading towards that direction, be open and honest. Don't try to act like you're perfect. Don't try to avoid the fact that you might have made that same mistake when you were younger, and you don't want that to happen to them. They're not gonna be saying to you, well, you're saying do as I say, not as I do. That's not what they're thinking if you do it the right way. If you do it with humility and honesty, and you say, this is what I want for you, not what I want from you, they will listen. I think about a time when my dad was a little, when I was a little kid, and we were on this bike ride, and he said, Josh, I need to talk to you for a second. I know that you're young right now, but I wanna warn you, please don't use drugs when you're older. Because I heard a lot of people whenever I did this, when I was just a little bit older than you, and I just wanna warn you about this right now. And I thought to myself, Dad, I'm like seven years old, I'm not gonna go out and smoke weed, you know? <laughs> but I gotta tell you, I've never struggled with drugs. I've struggled with a lot of things in my life, I'm not perfect. But that's one thing that I avoided completely because my dad showed me how painful that could be on a family, on yourself. You don't have to act like you're perfect, but give some exhorting words because before you know it, it might be too late and you're trying to put that bowling ball into that little jar. Exhorting words, encouraging words, empowering words. Here's the bottom line for this morning, and I hope you've already heard it so far, but let's just go back to it, because we're almost done, and we're, we're gonna get ready to go back into our lives, and, and our children that pee on, puke on, and poop on us are gonna be up in our laps really soon, or they're just gonna run off, and they're gonna go do what they're gonna do, or you're not gonna see a child for a little while, and you might be tempted to forgive this. Here's the bottom line. Words over time can impact the direction of a child's life. It doesn't have to be all in one big conversation. It could be small words, small words, because we are losing these marbles. But the fact is, they don't have to just fall on the floor and be lost forever. We can invest them right back in to the life of a child 
when we use those empowering and encouraging words and exhorting words because there are children that grow up to be adults and maybe this is you sitting in the crowd this morning and you're saying, I wish I would have had a parent or a coach or a teacher, um, an uncle, an aunt, a grandparent that would have said something to me. I would have, I might have been a little different. I might have chosen to do a different thing, and I just want to, I want to close with a story. And this is for the grandparents out there. One of my friends, we were talking about this message, this so I'm going to close, so I'm, I'm, we're going to get ready to go in just a second. One of my friends, his grandpa, they had a really great relationship. He said he was one of the most influential people in his life, and they had a lot of great conversations. But there are some simple words just a little small, a small marble that he used that changed this guy's life. Had several conversations their whole life. This isn't just one conversation. And he was on his deathbed. And they're, they're in this together and, and he's kind of out of it a little bit and, and the grandson is you know, seeing his grandpa in a place that he didn't know he was gonna ever be in. But they're there together and he says, come over here for a second. And he says, you be a good kid. You be a good kid. And I know that sounds like the most simple phrase you've ever heard in your life. But you be a good kid. Be a good kid. That's like the simplest thing I've ever heard. But this is what happened to this guy. He grew up and he went off to college. And he was in a couple situations that we might find ourselves in. And each time that he found himself in a situation where he knew I shouldn't be doing this, he heard his grandfather's words. And I kid you not, I'm not making this up. Each time when he heard his grandfather's words, he ran away from the situation and he chose to do the right thing. And now he's a father of three kids. And those three kids, every day, he's not perfect and none of us are, but he's trying to use those encouraging, empowering, and exhorting words because one day, if we use small words over time, we can impact the direction of a child's life. And so you might think that, that what you have to give to someone is very small, but in the end, it can make a big difference. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for the opportunity to use our words in a positive way. Lord, the truth is we know oftentimes our words um, to others have hurt them more than helped them, and we don't want to do that with children. We know the rough world that we all live in today and how much encouragement a child needs. Lord, show us this week some way that we can use our marble to invest in the life of a child so that one day, we might not even know what happens, but the words that we use could impact their life. Lord, show us how to do that. We want to use our marbles before we lose them. In Jesus' name, amen.